What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 14 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL regular season and postseason. And for the first time since I believe it was all the way back in week seven, we were above 500, not just at 500, above 500 across the board last week, straight up against the spread and over under a very solid week of picks heading into the absolute stretch run. We are staring right down the pipe of the fantasy football playoffs. We are heading down the stretch of the regular season. It's a good time to catch fire. Straight up 10-4-1 last week in the NFL has me 115-78-2 on the season, right around 59%. We are continuing our push towards 60 and it is going well. Against the spread and over under, very solid week last week, 9-6 and six in both cases, 9-6 and six against the spread and 9-6 and six on the totals. That was of course buoyed by, I believe, 7 games of the 15 last week that I swept. I got him straight up, I got him against the spread, and I got him over under. There were seven games that I swept last week, including a perfect prediction in Cincinnati, Kansas City. I perfectly predicted Bengals upset, Bengals cover against the spread, the perfect call on the over under, and correctly predicted the final score of 27-24 Cincinnati. It doesn't happen very often, but I like to shout it out when it does. Perfect prediction on Bengals Chiefs. Joey Burrow might just have the Chiefs number. Now, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. I was even money last week, six and six. The bronze pick and the gold pick only went one and two. Means I'm 21, 17, and one on the bronze pick and 18, 20, and one on the gold pick. So the gold pick continuing to struggle, including three and 10 on the total. Ugh, just awful in that one. In the bronze pick, the Falcons lost their game against the Steelers. The Chargers failed to cover against the spread, but at least Washington and the Giants stayed under by the slightest of margins, which Mar uh, Martin brought up in the comments of the stream last week, uh, the comments of the, the VOD, that they stayed under by about a half point. I think it was, yeah, it was like 40 and a half and they got to exactly 40, of course, tying that game. Gold pick, Cleveland beat the Texans, but Atlanta failed to cover against the spread and the uh, Browns and Texans failed to go over the point total of, I believe it was 47 and a half. They did not get over in that game. But what that means is the silver pick and the platinum pick, they were both two and one. So solid performances for those two. The silver pick, still the best pick on the season so far at 25 and 14. The platinum pick, 23, 15 and one. So solid seasons for both of those so far. Silver pick, the Packers, these guys. Uh, beat the Bears, the Rams covered as underdogs against the spread, but the Colts and the Cowboys failed to stay uh, under, given that the Cowboys blew up for like 31 unanswered points in that game. And with the platinum pick, Dallas beating Indianapolis, Tennessee failed to cover against the spread, but the Packers and the Bears went over on the point total. So even money will certainly take it. Taking a peek at the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for Season 11 of this show, I'm sitting in 11th place out of 36, coming off a really good week in Week 13, 98 of 120 possible confidence points. It's over 81.5%, which is a solid performance. Brings me up to 996 points on the season, 63.6%, pushing towards 65 Shout out to our week 13 winner for the second week in a row. That would be Team Power, who is on just an incredible run here. So let's see. In week 12, they went 13 and 3. And in week 13, they went 12, 2, and 1. So an incredible run here, picking up 109 of 120 possible confidence points, just under 91%. Good enough to win the second straight week and just this close to taking over the overall lead in fact if the saints would have upset the bucks last night we would see team power as our new overall leader they did not so aim 2022 remains the overall leader in the pool 118 75 and two straight up 
1053 out of 1567 confidence points it's 67.2 percent the top nine in the pool are all within 50 points so within one really good week anybody in the top nine could catapult themselves into the top five up into the top three or even take over the overall lead it's still that close this deep into the season still anybody's game up top we're going to take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, presented to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. The Dynasty Trade Calculator is available at my affiliate link, which is down in the description below. And for as little as a cup of coffee, you can gain access to one of the absolute best tools available to you online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. And look, it has helped me win championships. In fact, my ring is right over there. And if it was within reach, you know what? One of these days, I'll show it to you. I think I've shown it on camera before. But I'll show it to you one more time. It's helped me win championships, trade evaluations, player rankings, all kinds of great podcasts with some incredibly learned experts. If such a thing exists, you're going to find them on the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Find my affiliate link in the description below. So, was not a successful week for me in the two long-term leagues that I am in. In the Professionals Dynasty, I lost a matchup I expected to lose against Rich, who's one of the elite teams in the league this year. That league's been a gong show for me all season. I'm only 2-11. and 11. I'm outside of the playoff picture, of course. In the Ante and Co. League, I picked up a loss against Richard in a game that at one point I was 80-20 to win that matchup. And my players underperformed, started with Justin Herbert, who is my starting quarterback, and it just cascaded down from there. I wound up losing that matchup. I'm 7-6 and six on the season. I am still in sixth place. Eight teams make the playoffs. I am in good shape to make the playoffs, but I want a solid performance in this, the last week of the fantasy regular season. I have week 14 matchups against Mitch and Rachel in those two leagues, respectively. It's a projected win for me against Mitch, who I believe is going to be a play. Yeah, Mitch is a playoff team. And with Rachel in the Ante and Co. League, uh, like we're the same record, seven and six. So we are jockeying for position there in the playoff picture. Right now, that matchup is too close to call. It's going to be a heck of a week in fantasy. Best of luck to Mitch and a little bit less luck to Rachel. All right, I'll take this opportunity now, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, the description of the VOD, the podcast episode, wherever you interact with this show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 14 in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season 11 of this show. It is not too late. If you win a week, you get yourself shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors. They're right here at Nerd Teas and Coffee Beans. Ladies and gentlemen, the good folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Beans offer you what they've offered you for years. Dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends and tea accessories, and more than 30 incredible blends of coffee, which they have um, obviously opened up into this year. And they have, they have one they're featuring in their physical store right now. I think it was chocolate caramel, and it looks like it would just be incredible. I only wish I was in Woodstock so I could go in and have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, whatever you like in the physical location. You don't have to do that. You can go to nerdtees.ca and you can place an order online. And when you do that, you can use my promo code, which is BWFinest, a promo code that is in fact better than this read. Um, nerdtees.ca, use the promo code BWFinest. That's going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is excellent value. And if you're one of my viewers in the US, you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend in Nerd Teas is a golden apple cinnamon that I have had for actually quite some time. It's one of my preferred blends with Nerd Teas, but you're gonna find something that is incredible and just right for you. Dozens and dozens of options there on nerdteas.ca. Use that promo code BWFinest, save you 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, and find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca, and I promise the read will be better next week.
Let's see. Oh, we got a lot going on here in the um, lot going on here in the chat. Chad says hello, all friends. Boom, boom. Martin, congrats on the perfect game. You also had a reversal with the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, boy, that that Monday Night game was looking good for a while because it looked like Tampa Bay was not going to figure it out, and I was well on my way to at least another sweep. Uh, if not, you know, a, maybe not a perfect prediction, but at least another sweep. But Tampa Bay woke up with that uh, with that game-winning drive, and who knows, that could be Tom Brady waking up as well. Uh, let's see, you picked right on Tampa Bay, just the wrong team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian, Justin, with a few tweaks on your picks, I had a very good week. 320 returns a net 1256. Very nice. I like that. Well done. Uh, TJ Harmon's in here. I'm here. I'm here. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it could have been better. Tennessee choked in the fourth quarter. Man, Ryan is just playing bad. Yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunate for Tennessee. And we got to talk about Tennessee because Tennessee's got um, Tennessee's got some stuff going on. TJ, I had 109-2. Very nice. Uh, Aaron Rodgers beating the Bears is like Ash and Pokemon losing in the final battle after all those years of trying. <sighs> Pokemon references on the Bridgewater's Finest YouTube channel. We got to love it. Uh, Paxton Daly in the chat. I forgot to make my picks on Thanksgiving and he dropped very upset at myself over this. Yeah, boy, it sucks. I've, I've had it happen periodically in other pick'em leagues before as well. It sucks. It is no fun. Uh, I, my heart goes out to you. I feel for that. Uh, let's see. Chad says Raiders. Oh my God. They're hot one, three in a row. I know that's interesting. I got, I got, I got feelings about that team. Titans fired their GM because AJ Brown put a whooping on Tennessee. Yeah, we gotta. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it here in a second. All right, we have a short week this week with only thirteen games on the schedule. Let us waste no more time. Other than to say, found some really interesting trends when I was digging into the against the spread numbers so far this season. Not my personal numbers, but just the trends across the league uh, in terms of teams that are uh, performing very strongly or very weakly uh, at home or on the road in terms of against the spread and as favorites and as underdogs. So I just wanted to share this with you before we get into the picks, I'm going to be going with some of these trends and I'm going to be bucking against some of these trends, but this is just some of the, the outlier information that I grabbed uh, as ho uh, teams at home, Cincinnati four and one against the spread in five games. The giants are five and two Dallas is five and two Detroit is five and two at home against the spread this year. And on the other side of that, the Broncos one and four against the spread as a home team this year. The Rams are also only two and five, all of those teams at home this week in terms of teams that are on the road this week. It doesn't look good. Jags are one and five against the spread on the road. Uh, the Eagles, interestingly enough, the Eagles only one and four against the spread on the road this season. So really, really interesting there. And then as favorites and as dogs, we know favorites haven't been performing up to snuff this year. As an against the spread favorite, the Patriots, interestingly enough, four, one, and one against the spread so far this year. The Titans are also four and one. The Cowboys are five and two as against the spread favorites. They're a massive favorite this week. And on the other side of that, the Seahawks as betting favorites only happened four times this year. They're only one and three against the spread. Uh, as underdogs, we know how what how many underdogs have been hitting this year. Uh, Baltimore, this is only the third time this season that the Ravens have been a betting dog. They're 1-0-1 in the previous two games against the spread. The Giants, a massive 7-1 against the spread as betting underdogs. The Chargers, interestingly enough, 3-1 in four games as betting underdogs. And on the other side of that, the Rams in six games as betting dogs one three and two against the spread so some interesting outlier performances there by teams that are in these situations this week uh andrew i gotta get back to work justin i'll check the rest out later if my patriots win this week i'll wear my i love breakfast t-shirt on my picks next week i'm gonna hold you to that you got at least like seven eight witnesses to that and anybody that watches the vod so I'm going to hold you to that, Andrew. Richie Vegas in the chat saying Dallas thin ice. They won't handle uh, real tough teams ahead. I like that. Interesting insight. Let us waste no more time, folks. We are going to get into the week 14 picks and we are going to start with the Las Vegas Raiders on the road 
in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams, interestingly enough, claiming Baker Mayfield off of waivers. He was waived by the Panthers, I think, yesterday, which means the Rams are on the hook for somewhere in the neighborhood. It's it's under $2 million, but they're on the hook for the rest of his 2022 salary. They said they're going to fly him out, and he could start as early as this week. That seems really interesting to me because not that I think he would thrive in that offense right now, but you're trying to get the guy out there to have him start on like two days notice. How rudimentary is that play call sheet going to be? It's like, here's five pass plays and two runs, like get out there. It's like, really? That seems like, um, not, it seems like not enough time. We'll put it that way. Uh, the Raiders, like was mentioned earlier in the chat by Chad, they're on a three-game win streak right now. They're playing some of their best football on the season. I still think they're something of a glass cannon. They score quite a bit, but their defense also gives up quite a bit. So there's not a lot of um, consistency in those terms. But you look at the Rams. The Rams have lost six straight games. They're now a bottom five scoring offense in the NFL this year. Defense is still kind of there, although who knows when we're going to see Aaron Donald again. There's talk of him playing this weekend and then talk of him not playing for the rest of the year. So it's there's a wide variety of outcomes here. I don't think there's a wide variety of outcomes in the results of this game. Like, I... Okay. Do I think the Raiders are a 2-7 and seven team masquerading as a 5-7 and seven team? Yeah, I do. Like, I think they're playing good football right now. I don't think that's indicative of the team that they are. But is a team that's playing good football right now capable of beating this LA Rams team? Absolutely they are. So that, I think, is the only outcome that we're going to see this week, which is the Raiders victorious on the road in LA. That's the way I'm going to go with the pick straight up. But against the spread, like, the Raiders are laying six points on the road. This Raiders team is not that. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe at home against a really bad team. Like, I, that I just doesn't, I don't know. That six points doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to go ahead and take the six points on the LA Rams here. Like the Raiders to win, but I'll take the six points on the Rams. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. Seems like a really beatable number if this Rams offense was playing like normal. Now, Cam Akers had arguably his best game of the season last week. I don't necessarily know that that changes the outcome here. I'm going to stick under on this one, although this is a pretty good number. I think this is relatively close. I'm going to go 23-20 Raiders. So we're going to take the Raiders to win, take the Rams plus the six points, and give me the under on the total. Chad says witness. Excellent. Thank you. Let's move right along here to the Jets and the Bills battle of the AFC East. Um, Jets not on any kind of a streak. I would say they're kind of playing some down football right now. I think they've only won two of their last five games. They've had some injuries that have caught up to them. Inconsistencies at quarterback, although now that they've got... Uh, Mike White in there, he's at least playing at something of a higher level than Zach Wilson was. But still, this is a team that is not really predicated on its offense. It's a team that's predicated on its defense. Top 10 scoring defense so far this season. Worth noting, the Jets are on the tail end of back-to-back road games coming into this one. And they're playing a Bills team that is top 5 in terms of scoring offense and scoring defense so far this year. And a Bills team that's on a three-game winning streak. So they've played solid football, really good football, in fact, all season long. Feels like they might be peaking at the right time. I don't see any reason to try to grab an upset here. I like the Buffalo Bills to get this win. And I like it so much, actually, that Buffalo over the New York Jets, even though it's a division game, is going to be my gold pick straight up this week. Buffalo over the Jets, my gold pick straight up. Buffalo is laying nine and a half points against the spread. This just feels like a lot of points in a division game. Not saying they're not capable of covering this because, my God, it's the Bills. They're one of the best teams in football. Of course, they're capable of covering this number. Notable, I see Cat's not here. Riley's not right now. But notable, it's another number that's exactly nine and a half, but not ten. We might see it move to ten after this, but, you know... 
it, it I think cat I think cat's on to something here but uh yeah I, I think I gotta take the plus nine and a half with the Jets it just feels like a lot of points for a division game so let's take the plus 9.5 total in the game set at 43 and a half i feel pretty darn good about this number staying under two teams that are predicated on the defensive side of the ball we're gonna stay under on this one and actually i like this under so much that jets bills under 43 and a half is going to be my gold pick on my totals as well jets bills under 43 and a half my gold pick on my totals let's go bills 23 jets 17 like the bills to win the game outright give me the points plus nine and a half with the jets and give me an under on the point total so chad's here still talking about the first game it makes me wonder just how long the delay might be on uh, on the stream who knows um, hopefully it's not too too bad we'll see if we can still keep up with the folks in chat we will move right along to the cleveland browns on the road in cincinnati to take on the bengals both of these teams have won at least their last two games cincinnati is on a four game winning streak right now playing some of their best football on both sides of the ball the browns to their credit they've won back-to-back -back games the scoring offense is good but kind of the same as the raiders a little bit of that glass cannon stuff where they're a top 10 scoring offense but they're a bottom 10 scoring defense so we did see uh, deshaun watson make his return to the nfl last week and uh that was against you know a houston team that's not gonna provide a lot of um that's not going to provide a lot of resistance obviously on on either side of the ball so it's it's a an emotional matchup to return to but probably a solid one actually as a matter of fact we're going to take a slight time out here because what uh what were what was what did deshaun's numbers look like there i did pick him up see he didn't exactly have a good performance against you know a bad texans defense only completed 12 of 22 passes for a buck 31 and and an interception so he, he did have 21 rushing yards but he, he hasn't played in quite some time so i guess it's understandable we would expect him to come back up to speed uh in the coming weeks but you're talking about playing a team on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, you are, and now playing a team that's got, you know, legitimate Super Bowl aspirations and who just knocked off the Chiefs last week. I might, in some cases, look at a game like this and say, well, emotional letdown for the Bengals after that huge win last week. Not Joe Burrow, man. There is something like this. This kid's just got it. Like Joe Burrow's just got it. He's a dude. No moments are too big for him. It's not going to be one of these situations where you're going to have that emotional dump, that adrenaline dump from winning a huge game. Joe Burrow wins huge games. That's just what he does. So I don't expect Cincinnati to be any less potent this week than they were last week. I don't think the Browns have the defense to keep up with them. So let's go ahead and grab the Cincinnati Bengals here at home to get the win over Cleveland. Now against the spread, Cincinnati is laying six points as a home favorite. It's under a touchdown. I feel pretty darn good about laying this points. Let's lay the minus six with Cincinnati. And as a matter of fact, Cincinnati minus six points is going to be my gold pick against the spread this week. Cincinnati minus six, my gold pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I feel pretty decent about this going over. Two pretty good offenses. Cleveland's defense. Don't really know what you're going to think about it. Or, or, or rather what the output is that you're going to get from that defense in terms of points allowed on the board. I think we got to go over on this one. Over 47 and a half points in Cincinnati, Cleveland. Let's go Bengals 30, Browns 21. Bengals win. Bengals cover and give me the over on the points. Uh, let's see. Chad says Buffalo to win, but Jets plus 10. Like it, like it. Uh, Brian says like it as well. Chad, Cleveland won five in a row against Cincinnati. That's very interesting. That's a piece of information that I did not come across. I, it, I'm not going to change the pick, but that's actually exceptionally interesting to hear. Maybe if the game was in Cleveland, I might look at this as a possible. Like, I mean, if it was in Cleveland, I assume the Browns would only be like maybe plus three or something like that. So 
Uh, it's could, I could have could have been something I would have looked at a little harder, but I feel pretty good about the Bengals in this spot. But that's very interesting. The aforementioned Houston Texans are going to hit the road and go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Like nothing's easy for Houston. Battle of Texas here, of course, but nothing's easy for poor Houston. Uh, Houston is riding a seven-game losing streak right now. A bottom five scoring offense, one of the worst in the league. Were it not for Denver. Um, they're also a bottom 10 scoring defense. So once again, they just really do not offer too much in terms of resistance. You know what I mean? Like maybe a little more on the defensive side, but offensively they offer you almost nothing, which again, it hurts me because I'm a Davis Mills guy. The Cowboys have won three straight games. They are a top five scoring offense. They are a top five scoring defense. As we mentioned, they are five and two against the spread at home this year and also five and two as a betting favorite which they are in this game heavy um we'll talk about that here in a second obviously we're going to be on the dallas cowboys here to pick up a very convincing win how much more do i have to say about that better football team against one that's not very good so let's grab the dallas cowboys and not think too much more about it now i want to take you back to those innocent days of I don't know. I want to say like 2019, maybe I'm doing an episode of this show and I go on like a five minute rant about a game that I think had, had some ridiculous point spread. I think it was like 17, 18 points. Might've been the jets and the chiefs or something like that. It was, it was a big, it was a massive spread. And I went on this like five minute rant about how like these are professionals and in the NFL, you shouldn't see college spreads. And that's what that is. Like a spread of more than 16 points. Like, like of course, there are results of games that cover that. But I mean, like for that to be an official betting spread is like embarrassing for any legitimate book. And I tell this story because the Houston Texans are taking plus 17. My stance on this has not changed. That's a college spread. It's embarrassing for any legitimate book to put that out there as a spread. And I'm taking the plus 17 on Houston because it's, it's just an embarrassing spread for a legitimate book to put out. And I understand that their numbers are what they are. The numbers get spit out and that's what they go with. To lay 17 points on a team, that's not like an alternate spread. It's just the base spread. An alternate spread there would be minus 23 on a six-point teaser. It's ridiculous. It's awful. The fact that any legitimate book would put it out is it just wholly embarrassing. So I'm taking the plus 17 on Houston. As a matter of principle, Houston plus 17 is going to be my bronze pick against the spread. On a matter of principle. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys are my bronze pick straight up. My bronze pick straight up is the Dallas Cowboys to win. But Houston plus 17 is my bronze pick against the spread. Because again, it's embarrassing. It's awful. Yes, there are results that cover that number. But it should never be a legitimate books point spread. Like last week was bad enough when, who was it? Somebody was minus. That's why I'm glad I write stuff down in the book now. Uh, was it, was it last week that somebody was laying like, no, it was two weeks ago. The chiefs laying 14 and a half against the Rams. I don't even remember if they covered that number or not, but like that was bad enough. The 17 points. Come on. Total in that game set at 44 and a half points. I have to go over on it because I assume Houston will score something and Dallas we know is going to score a bunch so we're going to have to go over the 44 and a half point total here i'm going to go 31-17 think of how convincing a win 31 to 17 is it's two full touchdowns so that's an exceptionally convincing win that does not cover the point spread we can have both so we're going to take Dallas to win as the bronze pick we're going to take Houston plus 17 as the bronze pick, and we're going to go over the point total, a 31 to 17 win for Dallas gets them the win, but Houston covers on the points. So Brian makes an excellent point. I think the book spread is a reaction to the Indianapolis game. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
And this is definitely a line that if you don't feel comfortable about it, as Brian actually literally just pointed out in the chat right now, I'll take Houston, but I'll take less odds and bump it to 21 and a half. That's fine. Alternate spreads are completely legitimate. No problem at all. But like, just again, for this to be a legitimate spread, it just, eh, just bugs me. There's my rant. We're going to continue with another divisional matchup. The Minnesota Vikings in Detroit taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Minnesota on a two-game winning streak, having won back-to-back weeks. Detroit's not streaking, but they're playing really good football right now. I think they've won like four of their last five games. Detroit's playing great football. I think it's too little too late in terms of, you know, trying to sneak into that final wild card spot. I still feel like that's too little too late, but good on the Detroit Lions for playing some of their best football, especially with one of the worst scoring defenses in the NFL. So we're going to go ahead and uh, look at this division matchup here to, I think, pretty decent teams, at the very least decent teams lately. The Vikings are, you know, a model of sort of middle of the roads in terms of uh, scoring offense and scoring defense. They're not in the top 10. They're not in the bottom 10. Detroit's been putting points on the board as a top 10 scoring offense, bottom five scoring defense. So Detroit, their problem is obvious. They can't stop anybody. This is a really interesting game to me because Detroit come into this one as the favorites without any like significant injury to Minnesota's side. It's really interesting to me that like, yes, even though Detroit is playing really good football right now, it's the Vikings that have won back-to-back games, but they're going to come into this as a dog. And as a matter of fact, they're a two and a half point dog. So it's not like it's like a pick em or it's a point or something like it's two and a half points. It's so it's not insignificant. I have to believe the Vikings are the better team between these two. So if you're going to give me, two and a half points on the team that I think is better. I'm going to bite on that. And I'm going to grab the Minnesota Vikings as one of my upsets this week. So I'm going to grab the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Detroit to get the win over the lions. Minnesota beats Detroit on the line. Like I mentioned, lions are laying two and a half points. I like Minnesota to win. Give me the plus 2.5. And thank you very much. Total in the game is set at 53 and a half points. And if there's, There are very few things in the NFL that you can really take to the bank. One thing you can take to the bank is a Detroit Lions home game is going over the point total. (laughs) That's one of the very few things that you can almost bank on this season. So we're going to go over 53 and a half points. And as a matter of fact, I like that so much. Minnesota, Detroit, over 53 and a half. It's my platinum pick on my totals this week. Minnesota, Detroit, over 53 and a half. Let's go Vikings 30, Lions 27. Vikings get the win. Obviously, Vikings cover against the spread and give me the over on the point total. All right, we're, we're approaching 40 minutes on the stream. I said I wanted to keep it to 75, so we're going to have to pick up the pace here a little bit, but that's all right. The Jacksonville Jaguars on the road in Tennessee to take on a Titans team that all of a sudden has lost two straight games. And as was mentioned in the chat a little bit earlier, the Tennessee Titans parting ways with general manager John Robinson. They had just signed him to an extension. I believe he's been the GM there for six or seven years. They parted ways with him. What a an intense reaction like a snap reaction almost it feels to getting absolutely decimated by the wide receiver that they just traded like it's it i i guess i get where it comes from but man oh man like that's that just that seems like a hefty overreaction to part ways with your gm just because he traded a wide receiver and they beat you up in a game like It's not like they traded him to a division rival. Like how frequently are Tennessee and Philadelphia going to play each other? I guess I get it, but it just seems like, I don't know, seems like a very weird snap reaction, but they parted ways with the GM. So there is a GM opening and you've got a team that's got some interesting young pieces on it. Obviously you got one of the best running backs in football. It's not, it's a not unattractive GM job. Because you got to think Tennessee is going to be competitive. 
in a fairly weak division for at least the next couple of years. So it's got to be a somewhat attractive GM position. Titans are a bottom 10 scoring offense, so that does certainly play into it a little bit. Defensively, I would say they're solid. Jacksonville's kind of in middle of the road in both cases. They don't score a ton of points, but they don't score none. They don't give up a ton of points, but they don't give up none either. The Jags are a team that is kind of on a decline right now in its in their play. I think they've only won two of their last five games. Uh, Tennessee, like we mentioned, on kind of a back-to-back uh, losing streak. It's kind of tough because they're, you know, teams that know each other very well. But if the Tennessee Titans are going to make any noise in the postseason this year, they kind of have to start playing Titans football. They kind of have to start playing playoff style football and this feels like a good opportunity for that to start against a division rival who they know very well i'm looking at seeing a virtuoso tennessee titans performance this week let's take the titans here in a big win over a division rival tennessee beats jacksonville on the line the titans are laying three and a half points here as a home favorite I'm going to take them to cover that number. And as a matter of fact, Tennessee minus three and a half. I'm going to make that my platinum pick against the spread this week. As I mentioned, I'm looking at a virtuoso Titans performance this week. That's what I want to see. Give me the minus three and a half and give me that as my platinum pick. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. I'm going to take the under because I think the Titans defense steps up here in this game as well. Under 41 and a half points in Jacksonville, Tennessee. Let's go Titans 23, Jags 13. Tennessee wins, Tennessee covers, and give me the under on the points. Speaking of the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles, we are going to see the Eagles on the road in New York uh, taking on the Giants. Now, the Eagles are on a three-game winning streak. Uh, top five scoring offense, top ten scoring defense. A lot has gone right for the Eagles this year, coming off of a very solid win against a game opponent in the AFC. The New York Giants, their play has declined as of late, one three and one straight up in their last five games. They're still in the thick of the playoff conversation, but not exactly peaking and playing uh, playoff caliber football right now. The Giants. Kind of like Jacksonville, even money with the scoring offense and the scoring defense. More predicated on their defense than they are on their offense, but they're not a top 10 scoring defense. So still kind of middle of the pack, all things considered. So division game, obviously anything can happen. Philly's playing much better football right now. Gotta believe the Eagles are the team that comes out on top here. The Giants are going to be up for this game. Don't get me wrong. Like this is going to be an emotionally charged football game as most division games are gotta grab the eagles here though as the better football team top to bottom let's take philadelphia to beat new york on the line here philly is laying six and a half points as a road favorite and as we mentioned a little bit earlier as at home the giants are five and two against the spread not only that on the road the eagles are one and four so the Eagles have not been performing against the spread on the road this year. They've been favorites a lot, but just on the road, just in general, not performing all that well, while the Giants have been getting the job done in their home building. So by the look of this, since they're 5-2, and two, is this their second to last home game, I would say? Something like that? So look, 5-2 and two against the spread at home. And uh, the Giants also 7-1 and one against the spread, like we mentioned, as a betting dog. Take those points all day long in a division game. I'm going to take the Giants here, hedge my bets, take the Giants plus the 6.5. And, and in fact, I like that so much that New York plus the 6.5 points going to be my silver pick against the spread this week. Giants plus 6.5, silver pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 45.5 points. I actually feel fairly good about this going over. I think the Giants score a bit more than they typically do this week. The Eagles are certainly going to get their points. And since I like the Eagles to win, I think this crawls over the point total. Let's go 27-23 Philadelphia. Give me the Eagles to win. Give me the Giants to cover against the spread. And give me the over on the points. 
See, now Chad says in the chat, Tennessee's won five in a row against Jacksonville. That's a five in a row streak that I can believe. (laughs) It was harder for me to believe the one about Cleveland and Cincinnati. It is not difficult for me to believe that one with Tennessee and Jacksonville. All right, six games left. The Baltimore Ravens on the road in Pittsburgh to take on a Steelers team that has won back-to-back football games, playing better football and not fully out of the conversation i guess in terms of the playoff picture they it's kind of one of those situations where they have to win out and look let's be transparent the only two teams that have been mathematically eliminated at this point are houston and chicago those are the only two teams that have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention there's 30 teams that are still mathematically alive for a playoff spot there's what 14 playoff spots so 30 teams, 14 spots, you do the math, most of them aren't going to make it. But those are only the, the only two teams so far that have been flat out eliminated from playoff contention. It's going to be tough for the Steelers with a bottom five scoring offense to make much noise, but against a Ravens team that, despite the fact that they're playing really well right now, this is the first time we're going to talk about any kind of injury situation, and it's potentially a massive one for Baltimore. It's quarterback Lamar Jackson. He came up with a, was it an ankle or a knee? A knee injury that he's dealing with now. The prognosis on that seems to be good. There's conversation about him potentially playing this week. But there's a really great follow on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to retweet some of his stuff a little bit later. And he's like, he talks about football, sports injuries, but really focuses in on NFL injuries and kind of talked about this as like a two to three week time frame. Him playing this week, I understand it's a division game. It's a game that you want to win, but like that's kind of playing with fire a little bit, at least potentially. It, you know, it's it's a it's a touch and go situation. I'm playing this as if Lamar is not going to play. I consider Lamar week to week. That's me personally in my non professional medical opinion. I don't think he plays this week. So I think that's what that Tyler Huntley, who's the backup quarterback uh, in Baltimore right now. So obviously that changes the offensive dynamic. They might get J.K. Dobbins back this week, which would be a boon. And again, they are playing good football right now. It's certainly going to be a low-scoring game. So spoilers, I'm on the under of a very low number. It's a number in the 30s. I'm still going to go under on it because two teams mostly predicated on the defensive side of the ball and either don't have a great scoring offense or their scoring offense is currently severely limited by the fact that they probably won't have their starting quarterback. However, you give me the better football team with the points, a lot of the time I'm going to bite on that. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and a half point favorites at home, obviously expecting that Lamar Jackson will not play. If Lamar does play which is a possibility on the range of outcomes that he might play this week, I'm going to take the better team with the points. So I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to get an upset win here. Let's take Baltimore in Pittsburgh to get the win over the Steelers, even though full points to the Steelers for playing some of their best football of the season in the last few weeks. Still going to take the Ravens plus the points. Give me Baltimore plus the two and a half as well. Again, better team with the points. I'm usually going to grab them. Total in this game set of 36 and a half points. I already told you, I'm sticking under on this one. Let's go Baltimore 17, Pittsburgh 16. That's been a very popular score around here lately. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win, the Ravens to cover, and give me the under on the points. Now we got a game I'm not going to spend a ton of time on because, my God, it's a great team against a team that is not going to do anything or go anywhere this year. The Kansas City Chiefs on the road in Denver taking on the Broncos. Like I mentioned, Denver 1-4 and four against the spread this year at home. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh boy, what an awful season. Losers of four straight games. Kansas City, despite the loss last week, playing exceptional football lately. I think they've won four of their last five games. Obviously, top five scoring offense. The defense is kind of keeping close with that. They are on the tail end of back-to-back road games. It's worth taking into consideration. But for a Denver team that plays good defense, but Lord knows if they're ever going to score a point, it's almost impossible to 
look at this as a possible upset. Like it's, I'd love to like, look, upsets are in my blood. Like I, I, I like picking them. I really enjoy picking them, but especially with a Denver team who could be without Cortland Sutton this week, one of their bigger weapons at wide receiver, he has a hamstring injury. I consider him week to week, especially soft tissue. Um, just can't do it. So Definitely on the Kansas City Chiefs here to extend that Broncos losing streak to five straight. Let's take the Chiefs straight up in Denver to beat the Broncos. And why don't we just mess around and make that my platinum pick straight up? Let's go ahead and do that. Kansas City over Denver, my platinum pick straight up. Uh, On the line, Denver's taking nine points here as a home dog. And usually on, you know, a top five defense... I'd take those points, but again, it's a two-way street. The offense has to be able to score, and I don't know that the Denver offense will. So I'm going to lay the nine points on Kansas City, even though the Chiefs, we've talked about it before, they're not a team that's built to keep up with Vegas's expectations of them. They're just a team that's built to win football games. So is it a layup that they're going to cover this minus nine? No. Definitely not, but I am going to go ahead and lay it because they might only need to get to 17 to cover minus nine. And that's like half of what you could expect uh, from a chief's game offensively. So I, we're going to go ahead and lay, uh, lay the minus nine and not think too much about it. Total in the game set at 43 and a half here. And in the same vein, like we, I can't expect Denver to score points because they haven't scored points all year. I don't know what the worst scoring season, like in terms of per game average, I don't know what that is in NFL history, but like Denver's got to be knocking on that door. That offense is so bad. Um, so even though it's 43 and a half and it's such a beatable number, I'm going to take the under on it and I'm going to make that my silver pick because I, when you don't see one team scoring points or getting into double digits, even a number in the 40s can sometimes be really difficult to get to. So I'm going to take the under on 43 and a half. Let's go 24-13 in favor of the Chiefs. Chiefs win, Chiefs cover. Give me the under on the points. Uh, Chad taking Minnesota plus two and a half. Gotta love it. Tennessee still respect minus three and a half. Excellent. Uh, nothing better than indoor football in December. Hey, there you go. Uh, like you, uh, Chad said before, Tennessee won five in a row against Jacksonville. Uh, Chad saying Pittsburgh's won four in a row. Last two games within three points. Baltimore looks sloppy. I took Pittsburgh. Baltimore has, the results have been there. But you're right. Like, you're absolutely right in saying that Baltimore has not been certainly have not been playing flawless football not even close like what a struggle that was for them last week after Lamar went down it was a significant struggle for them to like just just barely get the job done there I I understand and they are definitely playing sloppy football chalk it up to again marginally better team or better team with the points AFC North. Chalk it up to whatever you'd like, I guess. All right, what do we got? We got four games left. The Tampa Bay Bucks in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And we're still talking about injuries. And this one's a significant one. Second significant quarterback injury this year for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has either broken something in his foot or hasn't, depending on who you talk to. In any case, he seems to be done for the season. Uh, Could potentially come back at some point in the playoffs. Hopefully for San Francisco's sake, he does. So he's out and uh, Mr. Irrelevant becomes Mr. Relevant all of a sudden. And San Francisco, I think it was very clear, was going to be making a claim on Baker Mayfield when he got waived. So there's this conspiracy theory floating around NFL Twitter right now that the only reason the Rams claimed him was so that the Niners couldn't get him because the Niners had a lower, I believe a lower waiver priority than the Rams did. So I love the stuff that NFL Twitter comes up with and it might be true. Might be a hundred percent true. 
So it'll be very interesting to see how this Niners offense performs without like the ultimate game manager at quarterback. Like we'll have to see how important is Jimmy Garoppolo to that offense really? Is Garoppolo just a game manager or is he more fundamental to that offense than people think? It'll be very interesting to see. And against a game opponent in Tampa Bay who won last week, they're kind of on the upswing a little bit. I think they've won three out of five. Tampa needs to start playing the kind of football that we saw in the last, whatever it was, last three or four minutes of the game last night. Now, granted, they were against an opponent who has a starting quarterback who has like has a penchant for giving games away in Andy Dalton. That still felt like pretty virtuoso Tom Brady drive there at the end of that game for the Bucks. They're still a bottom 10 scoring offense. They're a top five scoring defense, as are the 49ers. Tampa Bay needs this game a lot more than San Francisco does. That division is still exceptionally close for Tampa Bay, but they still have enough runway to run away with it. If all three of the other teams in that division are just going to keep bashing heads together, Tampa Bay puts together a three, four game win streak. All of a sudden, like they're in the clear and they're on their way to the playoffs. So anything can happen here. Maybe Tampa Bay has sandbagged the regular season a little bit. I actually like the Bucks in this spot. I need to see what that Niners offense is going to look like before I feel super confident with them. I'm going to grab the Bucks here. Tampa Bay on the road in San Francisco, despite the fact that the Niners are on a five-game winning streak and playing excellent football right now and do have the nuclear weapon of this game in Christian McCaffrey. Let's grab Tampa Bay in the upset. Bucks beat the 49ers in San Francisco. So obviously where the Niners are laying three and a half points here as the home favorite, I like Tampa to win. Give me the plus 3.5 on the Bucks. Total in this game set at 37 and a half points. Another one of my favorite totals this week. I like this to stay under because again, two top five scoring defenses just smashing into those offensive lines. It's going to be tough sledding on both sides. Give me the under on these points. I like that so much. The Tampa Bay, San Francisco under 37 and a half, which is again, a very beatable number, but under 37 and a half is going to be my bronze pick here on the totals. Tampa, San Francisco under 37 and a half, my bronze pick on the totals. Give me 20 to 13 in favor of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Bucks win, Bucks cover, and give me the under. Uh, Chiefs have won 13 in a row, says Chad, uh, taking Denver to cover due to the high elevation. I suppose, but again, I, where are the points going to come from? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. The Carolina Panthers on the road in Seattle, taking on Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Carolina coming into this game fresh off of their bye, so they should be well rested. This is a bottom 10 scoring offense on the season so far. Defense can play some football for sure, but uh, we are looking at, again, a bottom 10 uh, scoring defense. We're going to put that person in timeout. The joys of doing live streaming. So again, Panthers coming off the bye. Bottom 10 scoring offense. Defense can play some ball. I think they've only won two of their last five games. So not exactly playing exceptional football right now. Meanwhile, Seattle, the definition of the glass cannon that we like to talk about. Top five scoring offense. Bottom five scoring defense. They score a ton of points and they give up a ton of points, and it's tough to have faith in teams like that. It's just exceptionally difficult. We are also looking at a Seattle team that could very well be without Kenneth Walker, who's their starting running back, obviously. He has an ankle injury. I consider him week to week. He hasn't been ruled out, but that backfield is kind of hurting here. Like Kenneth Walker's dealing with an ankle injury. DJ Dallas, who would be next in line, is also dealing with an injury. I think the other back in their room is also potentially injured. So there's there's a lot of turmoil, unfortunately, and a lot of uncertainty in who's going to be back uh, behind center with the quarterback there at the running back position for Seattle. We know what that Seahawks team is. Again, high-scoring um, just very gunslingery type of team put up a ton of points, but tough to stop anybody. I think this is going to be actually a heck of a week here for Donta Foreman. I, boy, 
this is tough. Seattle's the better football team. This, this feels prime for an upset, but I think this is what I'm going to do because it's entirely possible that Kenneth Walker does play in this game. I'm going to take the Seahawks to win. This is a bad hedge, but I'm going to take the Seahawks to win, but I'm going to hedge against the spread. So let's take Seattle to win this game, but I'm going to take Carolina plus the three and a half points. So this kind of, it insulates me against the upset because the upset here, I think is live. I think it's, I think it's possible. So I think it's probably the smart way to go about it. Again, I think Seattle's the better team, but give me the plus three and a half. So Seattle to win, give me Carolina against the spread. Total in the game set at 43 and a half. I think I got to go over on this because again, Seattle's penchant for scoring a lot and giving up a lot. That's a pretty beatable number. So let's go ahead and take over 43 and a half points in Seattle, Carolina. And let's go with the ever popular 24 to 23 final score. Let's say Seattle wins it on a dying seconds field goal. Take Seattle to win the game. Take the plus three and a half with Carolina and give me the over on the points. Martin's along with me there. I like the Seahawks to win. Thumbs up. The Miami Dolphins on the road in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Miami has won four of their last five games, playing exceptional football right now. They're scoring uh, at a top 10 pace. The defense does leave something to be desired. They're giving up points at a bottom 10 pace, so they definitely need to improve because when you think about, like, let's say uh, Miami... Cleveland and Las Vegas, you kind of think one of these teams is not like the other. You wouldn't exactly put Miami in the same category as those other two, but the conditions there are the same top 10 scoring offense, bottom 10 scoring defense. Miami's had a little more success with it this season, but those conditions are the same. Dolphins also come into this one on the tail end of back-to-back road games. The LA Chargers, I believe they've only won two of their last five games, so kind of on a downswing here. Their offense has been middling. It's been the defense that's really let the Chargers down this year. A bottom five scoring defense in the NFL so far this season. Justin Herbert and the offense have been underwhelming, but it's tough to find success when your defense can't get stops. So that's kind of the conditions that we're operating with. Uh, in this one, I have to believe the Dolphins are the better football team here. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. It's got a high total on it. I think we see a lot of points. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins here because again, top to bottom, think they're the better football team. Let's take Miami on the road to get the win over the Chargers. On the line, the Chargers are three point dogs here at home. Against Miami, I like Miami to win. Minus three is a relatively small price to pay. Let's go ahead and lay the minus three on the Dolphins. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Chargers are they are three and one against the spread as a dog this year. But I'm going to be bucking against that trend and laying the minus three on Miami. Total in this game set at 52 and a half points. Even though it's one of the bigger totals of the week, I do like this total to go over. So give me the over 52 and a half in Miami, Los Angeles. Let's go 30 to 24 in favor of the Dolphins. Miami wins. Miami covers. Give me the over on the points. Uh, Martin likes the Seahawks to win. Chad likes Miami minus three. Excellent. Feel good about that. And here we go, Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots on the road in Arizona taking on the Cardinals. Not exactly a marquee Monday Night matchup, but hey, we've seen a lot worse this season. Uh, Both of these teams are losers of two straight games. So we're, again, we're looking at a context where that streak's going to break for somebody, Ideally, unless we have a Washington, New York situation where we wind up with a tie. Can you imagine that? Can we just pause for a second? NFL Twitter will be on fire if we have back-to-back weeks of ties, for one, but a tie in prime time, NFL Twitter would be at its finest form. 
So both of these teams middling offensively, not in the top 10 or bottom 10 in terms of the scoring offense. Defensively, the Patriots far and away the better football team. Arizona, in fact, a bottom five scoring defense this season. Like I mentioned, both teams have lost two straight games. Uh, Arizona is coming into this one off of their bye, so they will at the very least be well-rested. It's tough to have faith in Kyler Murray. Like it's from almost everything that we've seen this year, it's just difficult to have faith in the guy, but it's also becoming difficult to have faith in the Patriots quarterback room as well, simply because it doesn't seem like the Patriots have faith in what the Patriots offer in the quarterback room. Like whether you're a Patriots fan or you're not, can you honestly sit there and say like, yeah, this Patriots team has faith in Mac Jones. Or that this Patriots team has faith in Bailey Zappi. I think even hardcore Patriots fans probably can't make that claim. This feels like a toss-up to me. This, I want to take the Patriots because I know they're head and shoulders the better defense. So that, like I lean on the defensive side so that makes me want to take the Patriots. But I think I'm going to grab the upset here. And it's not just that I've only taken three upsets so far and rule of four, which did fail to hit last week. So it's not, it's not just that, but I don't know. I feel something about this game. This game just gives me one of those gut feelings that it's a game that's primed for an upset because neither one of these teams are particularly impressive. Call it a gut feeling, but we're going to go ahead and grab Arizona. Even though as Martin just points out in the chat, Arizona loses a lot at home. They're not a great home team, not by a long shot. I think we're going to go ahead and grab Arizona here. I'm going to take the cards in the upset. Arizona upsets the Patriots on Monday Night Football. On the line, the cards are taking plus 1.5 against the spread. So since I'm taking them to win, got to take the plus 1.5, a 2-0 or 0-2 game. Total in this game set at 44.5. I'm feeling it over here because if Arizona is going to win, I don't think they're going to win on the defensive side. So I think it's Arizona winning a shootout. So in that case, you got to take the over on a pretty middling number there of 44 and a half. Let's go over 44 and a half in Arizona, New England. Let's go 27-21 in favor of the cards. Cards win, cards cover, and give me the over on the points. There you have it, folks. Those are your picks for week 14 in NFL action in 2022. Let's go over the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks with you here one more time. Straight up, my platinum pick, Kansas City over Denver. My gold pick, Buffalo over the New York Jets. My silver pick, Philadelphia over the New York Giants. So not only going against both New York teams in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, but my top three picks are all division games. Ugh. Kind of worried about that. And the bronze pick, the Dallas Cowboys over the Houston Texans. And the only reason that Dallas and Houston is in my bronze position is because last week, I think Dallas was my platinum pick and I picked against Houston in my gold pick. So I just wanted to shove that game a little bit further down the picks so that I'm not just regurgitating myself. I'm not just repeating myself every week, putting the same teams in the same positions. So that's why that game is so low in those picks. Against the spread, platinum pick, Tennessee, minus three and a half. Gold pick, Cincinnati, minus six. Silver pick, the New York Giants, plus six and a half. And the bronze pick, as a matter of principle, Houston, plus 17. On the totals, Minnesota and Detroit over 53 and a half. Gold pick, the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills under 43 and a half points. My silver pick, Kansas City and Denver under 43 and a half. And the bronze pick, Tampa Bay and San Francisco under 37 and a half. So there are your picks. That is the show for week 14. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me this week, obviously an abbreviated schedule with only the 13 games, but I appreciate it very, very much. Martin in the chat says, I like mixing them up too. Yeah. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to ever be that guy that's coming on here and saying the exact same thing week in and week out, betting on the same teams week in and week out. You got to mix it up. Nothing in the NFL is static. So, you know, got to mix it up a little bit. Got to love it. 
That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much for coming and checking out the show this week, and we will see you again in week 15, the first week of the fantasy football playoffs. Best of luck to you if you make it.